Once again, as we prepare for the, for the extraordinary event that took place, the birth of the Son of God, we are being, being prepared by the prophecy of the Old Testament. As we know, the prophetic word from the Old Testament was pointing to the reality that will take place. But then the reality took place uh, centuries later, sometimes 10 centuries later, sometimes even, even longer or even shorter. But the, prophets, the prophetic words were always pointing to that reality. And here we have from prophet Malachi, who again, in that experience of communion with God, he hears God's voice interiorly. He hears, lo, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. Sending messenger, we know this messenger was John the Baptist, but there's also more. And suddenly they will come to the temple, the Lord whom you seek. We know that the Lord came to his temple when blessed mother Joseph took Jesus to the temple. And remember, you know, I know this is, we're kind of ahead of ourselves before the birth, but nonetheless, we know that the Lord Jesus, the Son of God came to the temple, lo and behold, unexpectedly. And the messenger of the covenant whom you desire, yes, he's coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who will endure the day of his coming? <coughs> For he is like the refiner's fire, or like the fuller's lie. He will sit refining and purifying silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, refining them like gold or silver, that they may offer due sacrifice to the Lord. That the one who was purifying the people of God was John the Baptist. Remember the preaching, the preaching that he offered to the people of God, convert, metanoia, to change your heart, change your life, turn to God, live out the commitment, live out the covenant relationship. And as we know, many who have come and asking him for what they should do. So I, lo, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the day of the Lord comes to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. I have come to change. I have come to change your life so that you may welcome the Lord. But today's gospel, we see something that already is not just a promise, but the reality. The gospel today, we see already events are taking place. Before Jesus was born, we have the birth of John. And you know, we have to take a closer look at this gospel because there's so many things here which are not said, but that have taken place. So when the time arrived for Elizabeth to have a child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy toward her and they had rejoiced with her. First we see, again, the reality. Elizabeth is advancing age and everybody's happy for her. They're happy neighbors and relatives. It's interesting that neighbors are first mentioned and then relatives because maybe relatives are someplace far away from her and so neighbors are seeing and, and they're very happy for her. They're rejoicing with her. But now we have 
the day, the eighth day, comes to circumcise the child. As you know, the covenant relationship between God and his people, part of the covenant relationship was circumcision, a mark, concrete mark on the body that would signify and point to a special relationship with God, a special relationship, a covenant relationship, which meant that it's not just the, the, the ritual itself, but it's a relationship with God. Someone marked with circumcision was to be aware of what happened to him, that he is a member of the community of God, member of the community, covenant community, that whatever he does in his life will be manifested, not just as a somebody, one person, but a man, man of God who will be doing this or that, great things or perhaps evil things but it will be marked just like we are marked by baptism. Once we are baptized, we belong to God. There's a seal on us. And even when we are not faithful, still we are unfaithful as members of the body of Christ, which is even worse than ever. But this is the mark that we received, a mark that we belong to God. And so here we have on the eighth day, the, uh, the, the, the Zechariah and Elizabeth fulfill the obligations of the covenant relationship. They want to circumcise the child. And as the circumcision, as St. Paul would say, is not just a physical element, but is the circumcision of the heart, which is the baptismal commitment. They were invited to live that commitment in relationship to God with fidelity, with love, that we are to be men and women who are so aware of that commitment, so aware of that relationship that we would never desire to break it, or at least consciously, perhaps through weakness, but never through the intentional desire to break, because that is terrible sin. And so here it is, we have the eighth day. It is interesting that, that his name was not given. Those who are preparing the celebration, he says, look, you haven't given him name yet for eight days. You know, usually parents prepare the names. If it's a boy this or girl that, now we know it's a boy or girl. They usually have the names. And here it is, Zachariah, Zachariah has not given the name. Elizabeth has not given name. And so neighbors and relatives says, okay, we're gonna give him name Zachariah because that's how it is customarily. Name, if some of the parents did not choose a name, then they give a name of the father or mother in this case. And so here we have, but we have an unusual situation. Who would be the responsible person? Well, it's either Elizabeth or Zechariah, and she still has not given the name. So they say to her, turning to her mother, and say, okay, you haven't told us, but we'll call him Zechariah. And she says, no, he'll be called John. And, um, but they answer her, they're arguing. There's no one among the relatives who has his name. Why are you doing this? Why are you calling him by this name, John? And so they don't exactly, they're not convinced that he should be, she should be the one giving the name. So they ask Zachariah, what about you? You know, you know, perhaps this is all, you know, she's, she's not, you know, she's not completely, you know, aware of what, what the, what the situations are or what the family traditions are. Now, you have to remember this, before Zechariah responds to 
to the request. What happened to Zachariah? Nine months before, Zechariah, to whom the angel appears in a temple, he promises him a son, and yet Zechariah sort of argues, well, look, my wife is old, I'm kind of old. And so there's a moment in Zechariah's life where even though he was a priest, he doubts he, instead of embracing the promise, he places a doubt. And at that very moment, as we know, he lost his speech. He's not able to speak. Can you imagine someone for nine months not being able to speak? Can you imagine someone who has to sort of explain to others what happened to him? Or people saying he's kind of afflicted or something wrong with him, or maybe he's got psychological problems, whatever it is. And people speak, people talk. They don't always give the spiritual interpretation of things. So for, for nine months, what is he doing? Obviously, he must be looking into his life, in his relationship with God. For nine months, he must be looking into his life and says, okay, maybe I... You know, he says he realizes that his wife began to manifest pregnancy, which means that I guess the Lord said what he said to the to the archangel. And and so my sense, and I think that perhaps all of us would say the same thing. He was a priest. He was steeped in scripture. Would he spend a lot of time reading scripture then? Would he spend a lot of time meditating on God's word? Yes. Would he be receiving a special type of formation and training during this affliction? Yes, I would say so. So I do know that for 30 days, I went on the Ignatian retreat and for only for 15, 15 20 or half an hour, I would speak to a spiritual guide. The rest of time I remained silent. I didn't speak with anybody. So it was only for 30 days. And during those 30 days, I still remember the dialogue with the Lord. I still remember reading scriptures because that's what it is, reading scripture, meditating for hours upon scripture each day. And so what happens is something deeply, profoundly happens. Our awareness grows. Our understanding grows. We become more and more through this type of exercise, not not speaking with people, but remaining silent. We grow in that in that deeper sense of who the Lord is, how He speaks to us through His Word, through the events, through the environment, through nature. We are deeply aware, and this is just one month. What about Zechariah for nine months? Multiply that by nine of that which I had to experience. So there's, there's a deep, profound learning that took place. And so I would have to say is this, why did the Lord allow Zechariah to go through this extraordinary experience of retreat? It's because Zechariah needed to know how to train John. Zechariah needed to know how to teach John, how to form him how to guide him, how to respond to God, because we see John later on with that profound relationship that he had, 
Yes, it was an unusual gift, but how did it come about? Through human interaction, through human relationship. Not only Zechariah, but also Elizabeth too. Ultimately, she do what took place. You know, even if they couldn't communicate in words, but they could communicate through their eyes, through their attitude, the way they were. Each day gathering for even for breakfast would be completely different than before. What would she say to him? How would she communicate to him? And so you see, we have this environment of profound growth relationship between Elizabeth, Zechariah, and God being more profoundly present to them than ever because there was no distraction through the words of which sometimes you know we speak and we may be distracted. We will not be able to listen to God because we are listening to one another and to all the things that take place. Now, it is at the end of nine months, the first thing that he says, writing in a tablet, what does he say? His name is John. His name is John, or John is his name. What does this mean? Fidelity to God, because it is the Lord through Archangel Gabriel that gave him the name. So the first thing that he did is he was faithful. That fidelity that he expressed, fidelity to God. But now with a deeper understanding of what that fidelity means. The name John was given him by God. And what does that mean? John means God is gracious. God is the one is filled with, 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 with that love, gracious, meaning that he gives us extraordinary gifts which we do not acquire by our studies or by our reflection. It is free gift. God's mercy and love is given to us. This is the graciousness of God. And so John is a witness to that graciousness of God. And he is the preacher of God's mercy and graciousness to people come back by conversion, by saying, yes, we have sinned. We are the beneficiaries of his love, of his mercy and forgiveness. So we have the very name of John, which the Lord gave is precisely was given for the fact that he is to be a source of grace. He's the proclaimer, the precursor that God is gracious, God is merciful and loving. That's what grace is. And so how important it is. So Zechariah, the first act that he, at the end of nine months of silence, is able to produce, is to give witness. John is his name. God is graciousness. God is graciousness. And then all were amazed. One is that he was able to speak. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue freed and he spoke blessing God. Then fear came upon all the neighbors and all the matters were discussed throughout the hill, hill country of Judea. Fear, what's going on here? Silent for nine months, possibly many have already given him reasons why he was, maybe there's something wrong with him. 
But the fact is this, fear came. And all who heard these things took to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. What this child be? And we know already what this child be. But the reaction of what happens to him, of the nine months of reflection, of prayer, we'll hear tomorrow. We'll hear tomorrow when we know this, this hymn as Benedictus, the blessing. That, that's what we'll hear tomorrow, the, the consequences of that which took place, because he couldn't say anything more. The only thing that he said is gave blessing to God. He wanted to make sure that he gave witness to what was going on, witness to what God has done for his people, witness to what God is preparing for all humanity. And we have to say this, it's not just this historical moments, because history, yes, 2,000 years ago took place, but what is the Lord saying here to us today? How attentive we are to be his word. We know the word flesh already. Jesus came, was born. He's here. We proclaim him. We celebrate the Eucharist where we, he becomes a reality for us. The bread and wine become his very body and blood. The word made flesh continues. It is here with us. And so what does it mean today for us? I remember one gentleman who was a lawyer. He was a brilliant lawyer. He was a great, great witness to the truth. He was well known. And then he lost his speech. He couldn't speak at all. He couldn't say a word. He couldn't do it. And then he did so many things for God because no longer he could still be a lawyer. He could still write. But he turned and began to offer guidance and, and uh, assistance for God's purpose, for God's ministry, for God's work. Remember John Paul II with his Parkinson's. He couldn't speak towards the end of his life. And yet as some witness that he did the greatest things for the church by that witness, not able to speak. We're invited to ponder on the significance and the powerful gift that God wishes to give us. But if we were to become more silent, that even part of the day that we were able to hear him. That's why setting aside moments of prayer for just silent, silent, just listening. We don't have to utter much, just listen to God. And part of our preparation for Christmas, I know there's a busy time, but even if we're to take, you know, a moment, you know, we have a rosary and we don't have to order quickly the rosary, we could just kind of go with one or two uh, or three meditations, you know, the Annunciation and Visitation and the birth of Christ and stop there and spend some time in silence because those are the mysteries of our faith. Those are the mysteries which allow us to reflect on the truth of who we are as God's people, who God has, what God has done for us because then we begin to hear more and appreciate more and, and are consoled by this knowledge or consoled rather than being so preoccupied so many things. And so this invitation to a silence, invitation to spending a little bit of time, what Zechariah had to go through, what Our Lady pondering and then reflecting on all these things that took place, but even the shepherds as well. And we're preparing for Christmas, you know, that silence, which is so important.
maybe then, then to, through this Eucharistic celebration where this word and silence, this word and silence after communion, even for a moment, just say, Lord, thank you for coming to my heart. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for allowing me to be your son and your daughter. Allow me to, to honor you and worship you. Allow me to, and give me the grace so I can respond to you and surrender my family out of love for you and in love because of you. Then we will understand more and more what God is preparing for all those who love him as he's inviting us to share his life. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.